Welcome to Smooth Stones, a podcast for moms raising children on earth while remembering their babies in heaven. Come on in and let's chat. I'm Amy Watson, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, welcome to episode 22. I'm excited to do a few extra podcasts for all of you as we go through this coronavirus and this one I think you're going to love. I do want to say the audio quality isn't quite where it usually is, but I hope you will forgive that and it won't bother you too much. I think the subject is so important right now. If you are dealing with infertility or any kind of uncertainty as you are moving towards growing your family or trying again for another baby, definitely going to be helpful for you. And I'm excited to introduce you to Kara. She's amazing. And so enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody. I'm excited. Today we have Kara Gothier with us, and she is a life coach. And you went to the same school as I did, right? The life coach school? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. And tell us a little bit about you and your specialty. Yeah, definitely. So um, Kara Goffier, I am the infertility life coach. And so I specialize in helping women who are going through the process of infertility and needing to kind of complete a lot of extra things that most people don't have to before they move on to motherhood. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about how you, what your story is and in your journey to growing your family. Yeah. So we, um, my husband and I met in college and we knew we didn't want babies for a big chunk of our relationship. And we finally decided that we did want them. And I was very much a planner and I was like, okay, this, we're going to have them this year, this year, this year. And you know, this is how many, and this is how it's all going to go. Um, when we started trying, it didn't work out that way. And it took us about, uh, well, it took about a year before we actually sought treatment. And that was because I would, I really had a hard time kind of accepting that we needed help. Um, and around the same time that we sought treatment, I also was like looking for some emotional support to kind of get through this because it was, It was something I wasn't talking about. Like my family didn't really know about it. I wasn't sharing it publicly at all. And it was just this internal struggle that I was having. Uh, And so I got connected with a therapist and that was helpful sort of to a point. Um, But when we went through fertility treatments, we did actually get pregnant. Our third IUA cycle, we got pregnant and that was amazing. And we were so excited about that. And um, before before I, we did find out that we were pregnant, we had scheduled a trip to go to Florida to check something off of our bucket list. We had always wanted to swim with manatees and we're like, you know, if this cycle works or if it doesn't, we've got this trip planned. We're so excited about that. And right before we left for the trip, we found out we were pregnant. And I was like, like the universe is like all aligning for us. Like, this is amazing. Um, and so we went to Florida and we had this the most of, beautiful trip there. Um, we swam with manatees. We like did like the whole, like the, the bucket list thing was like, couldn't be topped. Um, and we came home and we had our first ultrasound and everything looked good to us. And 
the second ultrasound that we had, we went in um, on Christmas Eve and we were so excited about like getting that ultrasound picture and being able to show it to our family the next day. And um, when we went in, they couldn't find the baby's heartbeat anymore. And so we, that's when we learned that we had had a missed miscarriage. And that moment was devastating to me. Yeah. And I really, I, even though I had been in therapy kind of throughout that experience, I really couldn't process what had happened. And I couldn't process the pain of it. And I couldn't get myself out of my own funk of that. And that kind of went on for months. <laughs> after the miscarriage and finally I went on my own sort of self spiritual journey just like seeking any information that was going to help me feel better and I did two things that kind of made that fall into place I read the book Loving What Is by Byron Katie yes uh, and I ended up finding Brooke Castillo's podcast of the life coach school and it all it all became much clearer to me about how I was compounding my own suffering. And that was a really pivotal moment for me uh, personally. Uh, so I kind of worked on myself and worked on doing thought work, like kind of taking in these, the tools, the life coaching tools and, and just really changing everything about my life and everything about how I thought about my life. Um, and then, next year we had decided to go back into fertility treatment and it was a little bit more intense. We did an IVF cycle uh, and ended up with two embryos, one that we did a fresh transfer with and ended in a, a chemical pregnancy. And then um, a couple months later, we did another a frozen embryo transfer and that didn't uh, take at all. And so at that point, we were just sort of like, well, we don't know what to do. Like, what, what do we do? Like, we everybody thinks that IVF is the answer. And for us, it, it wasn't. So we took another big step back. Um, and in that time period, I had this just really strong calling of like all of the things that I had learned. And, and the fact that IVF didn't result in, you know, our, our miracle baby was okay to me because I was able to coach myself through it. And I realized that I'm like, I need to teach other women how to do this however I can, because the amount of emotional suffering that goes with infertility is just huge. So that's when I went into um, life coach training and uh, went through my whole certification program and decided to you know, exclusively coach women that are going through infertility. This is a sort of my my passion. That's what brought me to this work. And the following spring, we decided to go back into fertility treatment and we did one cycle of IUI and that ended up with our son. And now he's 14 months old. And it's, I, I attribute kind of that whole journey and him being here to the fact that I learned how to coach myself and learned how to get through the hard things that that experience presented me that's amazing and I'm so sorry about your those things that you had to go through but yeah I think all of us have just a story and a journey of how we get to where we are now and I like to start 
the episodes telling a little bit about our babies that aren't with us and just about their life because a lot of times it's all about like their death and what happened and stuff so do you have something you want to tell us about your little babies yeah I think the like one of the magical things about conceiving through fertility treatment is like you can you you know from the very beginning if you are and in some cases you have a picture of you know embryo and you can you have something to see of them and so I have um and two memories the first the first pregnancy that I had the miss miscarriage the the first moment that we saw an ultrasound picture like just an ultrasound of our baby in there like there was this instant connection of like oh that there you are like there you are like we've been waiting for you we're so like we were so excited about you and and I have pictures from that trip to Florida of me and I every time I look at them I'm just like there you are like you're with me yeah. when I see those pictures and I I it's interesting too now because we have a couple of them hanging in the house and I show our son I'm just like I'm like there you know there I am with your brother or sister like and I I tell him the story you know that he you know he has other siblings like to me he has other siblings and um I think that's that's something that I hold very special to me um and then for the two embryos that we had for IVF like I have pictures of them and like I'm still amazed that I have pictures of them like I have you know the like their first photo in some ways and those there was a time when those made me incredibly sad to see them but now I'm just kind of I just marvel at them when I when I come across them I'm just like right like they're like those pictures represent my children that's so beautiful and I love I don't know if you've seen I've seen some like of those embryo art now and you can even get up like so amazing what people can do and it's Mm -hmm. awesome that you have those pictures I know it's my little one that we had a miscarriage also like we had one ultrasound early Mm -hmm. on and I was like so grateful we had that one one Mm -hmm. set of pictures it's just so amazing the reason I invited you on here was because all of these things going on with coronavirus right now. So we are in March 2020 when we're recording this and they have just announced, maybe you can tell in more detail, but basically announced that there's going to be a pause or a stop right now to all fertility treatments. And so maybe tell us a little bit about that and then kind of what you're seeing as far as people's reactions. The American Society of Reproductive Medicine issued a statement on March 17th saying that the, the new guideline for fertility care during the COVID-19 pandemic is to stop all treatment, to s- suspend all treatment. Well, most treatment, I should say. This includes like starting new cycles or any like diagnostic testing or any like deemed unnecessary procedures at this time. Some clinics are still moving forward to complete cycles that women are in, but others are not. Some are choosing to just complete end everything. Now, the 
understanding is that things will resume when it seems safe that they can be, but even the ASRM isn't at this point saying exactly when that will be. I think we're all uh, waiting and watching to see how COVID-19 impacts the health of everyone. Uh, not only women going through fertility treatment, but just how the, like, the rest of the community is responding. So something, I mean, a week ago, you know, I was just a person in the world, you know, having COVID-19 impact me from just a human standpoint. And then as of Tuesday, as of March 17th, all of my plans about my fertility future for the next few months were changed. And I think what I've seen, at least through my own interaction with clients and uh, folks on social media, is that for a group of people that already feels very um, vulnerable, having the guidelines come out that you know the recommendation is to stop treatment is kind of for most people, kind of like a, a stab in the heart. Like it's really hard for them to step back from something that they've put so much time and so much effort and so much mental energy and so much money into. And then to be told, you know, right now you can't. Right now it's not deemed safe and, and there's nothing you can do. Most people, I think, it's been interesting to sort of watch this day by day, especially on social media as it's played out. I think most people were like incredibly angry the first day that these guidelines were issued. And I definitely feel for the uh, fertility doctors that have to uphold these guidelines. And they're you know, very uh, disappointed to have to deliver that news to their patients. But as it's sort of playing on, I see there's a little bit of a shift. Like people are understanding and accepting the guidelines being in place. Like I think as we see COVID-19 kind of evolve, people are understanding like, okay, this is a big deal. The thing that I find interesting now is that you know, this whole group of people, this entire segment of people who have been experiencing infertility and have been moving forward on treatment and they're all being told to stop. And so it's like the entire industry is like, is being told to stop. And that is, is just super interesting that everybody is experiencing the exact same thing, experience or having an experience about the exact same thing, but they're all interpreting it very differently. Something else I've noticed too in the last couple of days is the shift from being upset about that situation to being upset sort of about the rest of the world and the way the rest of the world is responding to the social isolation like there's a, a quarantine baby boom joke that is circulating the internet that people who have trouble conceiving are taking you know pretty pretty hard in their view it's not something that they're joking about so I've seen the shift sort of from anger to now there's a little bit of tension about, you know, other people not being sensitive to what their own experience. Yeah. And I've seen that too. And also like in my clients and my circles, a lot of like the people who are pregnant right now after a loss who have kind of a heightened sense of anxiety mm. 
and now you know maybe their journey to get to have this baby and now they're wondering how's it going to affect things there's just so many unknowns mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting how you said like it's already shifted a bit something we as humans do I think we initially react and then we try to tell ourselves it's okay and we mm-hmm. or we try to find the silver lining tell us a little bit what you would say to someone like something we as coaches want people to understand is that it's okay to feel all those feelings like to be really disappointed if you had this plan laid out and it stopped indefinitely and just how would you tell people to deal with just allowing some of those emotions whether it's getting mad you know sometimes I see people they're like maybe I shouldn't be so upset by this meme or this joke or this April Fool's Day thing. You know, there's always the April Fool's Day jokes too about people getting pregnant. And and so we kind of go back and forth telling ourselves we shouldn't feel the way we're feeling. But what's your take on that for this situation? Yeah, which is like, it's the interesting thing, you know, like when we think we should or shouldn't feel a certain way, in our lives like that's when that's when like the emotional pain bubbles up like that's when we have the hardest time is when we don't actually just feel what it is that's going on like you you have every right to feel every emotion that comes up in your life like anything that you want to feel but if you don't actually stop and and make a conscious effort to feel it then it kind of becomes a snowball of ickiness with how it plays out in your life. I can see many, like many people were initially very angry at the, the recommendations that came out and, and that's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to have a moment where you just want to like punch somebody (laughs) because of this experience. And that's okay. But recognize that like that anger, that like, you know, not in your stomach, that like tightening in your chest, you know, like your fist clenching, like you're contributing to that with what you're, the story that you're telling yourself about this experience. You know, it's, it's not coming from an external source. It's not because the ASRM, you know, issued this guideline. Like it's, it's because you want to be mad and that's okay if you want to be mad, but know that that's what's happening is like you you're choosing to be upset about this. That's something that I feel like is really important for people to understand. Like, even if you're, you're listening here, you've probably heard me talk about the model, right? It's still this idea. We know that the emotions are coming from our thoughts, but it's also perfectly normal and good to feel those feelings and maybe get out of your head a little bit and into your body. Just let yourself feel everything and like you said punch something cry like do whatever you want to is really important yeah and and probably something that you share with your clients and definitely I share with mine is like just because you're feeling something doesn't mean you have to act on it like you can just choose to feel it and know that that it's there but like you don't have to do anything with it you know feelings are harmless if we let them be harmless um and the best way to allow them to be harmless is just to know how to identify them 
So what would you suggest if we're, when we're talking about infertility, mm-hmm. most of those roads are just windy and all over the place and not, it's usually not the thing you thought when you were writing in your journal in junior high about how <laughs> like your plan was going to go. So whether we're talking about right now with this pause because of coronavirus or any other change in your fertility journey, what are some of the things you suggest that would help people deal with, with those unexpected things that do come up? Yeah, I think something that I didn't realize when we started going down the infertility road was I didn't at any point think about my mental health. I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like we're, we're good to get through this. Like this will be fine. Like it's going to work the first time and we're just going to move on. We're not going to talk about it again. But it doesn't work like that for most people. Like it doesn't work like that. And so I think having just the phrase mental health in your vocabulary when you're talking about infertility and when you're talking about the steps that you need to go through to you know, get to motherhood is, is part of the conversation, part of starting the conversation about you know, people maintaining their mental and emotional health through this experience. I think there's a not, there's not enough emphasis placed on that when people come up to, you know, go to a fertility clinic and need, you know, need assistance. And the doctors are, the doctors in this country are amazing and they do amazing things, but they aren't necessarily trained in mental health. They're, and they're not necessarily trained in helping you specifically process all the emotions that you're having as you're going through this. And so I think having an, an awareness about, you know, okay, I'm going to need to take care of my brain as well as my body to get to where I want to go. And I think that, that at least for me, I, that was the message I wish I had been given in the very beginning versus kind of fumbling my way to that place and then going on my own soul searching journey to like discover, discover what I needed. I love that. Of course, obviously, I think coaching is amazing, but whatever anybody chooses to help them manage all the ups and yeah. downs and emotions and and things. And so I think helpful. right now is so interesting too, because like everybody is like, nobody's doing treatment right now. So like, like, what is your brain doing? You know, like when, at least when treatment's happening, you have something to kind of stew on and, and like think about all the time. But like, if you're, if you're not focused on that like getting in a place where you can control and at least like watch what your brain is doing so that you can stay ahead of it is really important and that's why I think right now specifically for anybody that's going through a fertility struggle like right now is the perfect time to get a self-coaching practice going like if you don't have it already to get the tools and get the skills and start working on it so that like and hopefully the next couple of weeks if not the next couple of months when treatment resumes like you've got some more resilience under your belt to you know go into that experience and just have it not be a, a super like crazy emotional journey like I, that's how I like to kind of describe my fertility journey up until I found coaching it's like just crazy emotional like everything was emotions and i I blamed it on hormones a lot, but 
I think there was so much that I was not managing about my head and about what I was allowing myself to think that, um, that made it so much harder for me. Yeah. And I love how you said that. Cause I think now is great. Number one, there's so many options online where we are at home and we don't have to share any germs. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, you don't have to wait. Cause I see that a lot where people are like, I'll wait till it gets really bad or I'll wait till 12 weeks when, when I know that I, or I'll yeah. wait till I'm like right about to start a cycle or whatever, mm-hmm. then, then I'll get some help. Right. And I think that's kind of something we're just, I don't know why we do that. Um, but just why not start now when you do have yeah. a little bit of extra time and, and like you said, be so much more prepared. Yeah. And it's like, it, the world is kind of having an interesting response to this. Like some people are treating it as a vacation and some people are, you know, like uh, working harder than they've ever worked in their lives through this. And, and I would say to anybody who is dealing with a fertility struggle, like don't consider this time off. Like this is, is another part. This is another piece to get you to that next place. But something that hasn't really been brought up or talked about in a lot of places is you know whenever they do open the doors back up everyone that has been waiting is going to want to walk in and like how how are you going to manage you know dealing with you know maybe the disappointment of not getting in in the month that you want to and not moving forward in the way that you want to when things become available again so i that that's something else that kind of i was thinking about today, I was like, oh, that's really an interesting point because like everybody, everybody's on the same timeline right now. Okay. So what, like we were just talking about waiting, but what do you suggest to, for people like you've already waited? Most people have waited a long time and now you have to wait longer. So what are some things that can help as you're waiting? having something for your brain to do is incredibly important. And that, like I said before, like when we're focused on fertility treatment, like our, our brain is just in that realm, but having your, your brain have something to like dive into or just really grab a hold of right now. And it, you know, it doesn't have to have anything to do with your fertility. It could be like learning how to macrame. Like who, like who cares what it is, but like give your brain something to do because if it doesn't have something to do, it's going to just do whatever. And that's kind of a skill that we teach in coaching is like you have to consciously step back and, and know that you can control what you're thinking and you can control how you're showing up. And if you don't kind of put yourself in the position of understanding that, then it, you know, that's when life kind of seems like a mess. I wanted to ask you, I guess, for a few tips as we wrap this up or a few other things that you would just want to say to anybody listening who, who is kind of struggling right now with this pause or any other maybe news or things that they've, you know, there are always different things that come up during infertility. So what advice would you give them? to deal with those, the uncertainty and the different things that, that will pop up throughout this journey to growing the, their families? Yeah, I think I would say like 
don't be afraid to feel the emotions that come. Like, don't be afraid to feel them because we're all, um, we're, we're humans. Like we're emotional beings. Like we're intended to have these emotions in our lives. And if, if we're, you know, hesitant about dealing with, with like uncertainty, which usually manifests in anxiety, that's one of the, um, the ways that I see it described most often is someone saying, oh, I'm experiencing anxiety. And when we dig deeper, we actually realize like, oh, I'm just, I'm feeling really uncertain about the future. And, you know, what is it about that feeling that is so uncomfortable for you? Like, what is it that really is, is difficult for you to actually feel it? That's something I think, something I would say is try to get as specific as you can about what it is that you're feeling rather than kind of generalize how you're feeling because like for sure there's a lot of like fear and, and like you know blanket anxiety that our our country right now is experiencing but what for you like if you can get really in touch with that what that word is that's something that i would say like the more specific you can be the more kind of more of a hold you can have on the experience of it the other thing that I would say is kind of one of the tools that we teach in life coaching is viewing something from the perspective of your future self. And I think when we're in the midst of a fertility struggle, we're not, you know, thinking we have a very specific idea about what the future is exactly going to look like, <laughs> you know, like we're going to go through treatment and it's going to be this, you know, pregnancy like it's all gonna like line up and fall into place but I think giving some thought to your future self in in both realms like if everything falls into place and then if nothing falls into place and like thinking of who that person is that you want to be in each of those moments and knowing that it's going to be somewhere in between probably where things shake out but like who who do you want to be in at the time when you have to you know schedule your fertility uh, treatment in the future and you know it's booked out for four months like do you want to do you want to stew and be upset for those four months or do you want to use them in a way that helps you become a stronger person in your getting to your goal so I had posted something the other day too that was kind of like five years from now that person five years from now you what would you say to you now about this time where you needed to wait a little bit longer than you thought, or like we said, any other time where things don't go quite the way we plan them, I think is so super helpful. And even to take the step of like, really write it, write yourself a letter from that person or really mm -hmm. journal it. I know that has helped me a lot. Just getting stuff out on the paper is really helpful. And then yeah. just understanding, like you said, Byron Katie, who is amazing if I've talked about her on the podcast, of course, but yeah, if that book loving what is, is amazing. And just knowing that this is the way it was always going to be. Mm -hmm. I think understanding that we had this idea in our head of how our timeline was going to go, mm -hmm. but like, this is how it, it is. And this is how it's supposed to be. And just kind of, even if you can just start leaning into like opening up to that, it just it seems like it can take some of the edge off of that 
pain as you're waiting and wondering and like you said anxious yeah Um, Yeah. I know that shift that shift from like this is happening to me to this is happening for me like is a probably a really good uh kind of switch of vocabulary to do when it comes to thinking about like whatever you know whatever the next couple months are going to be looking like you know the ASRM wouldn't have issued these guidelines if they didn't think it was absolutely necessary and you know we might see in a, a few weeks or even a few years that like wow we are really glad that we didn't move forward with things during that specific time you know but it is going to play out how it's going to play out it is it's going to be what it's going to be um and you get the choice of like what it's going to be for you like how you're going to experience it either way yeah for sure and just i was listening to someone else too saying you know you everything in the future is a story we're kind of making up and so just use it for good you know let's write a good a good story not this scary story that we're all kind of sitting in our houses thinking about and and just choosing to write the story that we want and use our brain to come up with maybe the best case scenario instead of the worst case scenario again while you're just sitting and wondering and waiting mm-hmm. yeah awesome well is there anything else you'd want to add or say I think I mean I I'm just so grateful that the the tools of life coaching exist and and I wish I had been given them earlier and I think you know they're they're kind of universal tools that work in any situation so like when when you learn them life just kind of unfolds in a different way and um and that is is a gift that's a real gift to have going forward and with whatever it is you're doing in life and whatever you're experiencing because if you know kind of how how to manage yourself and how to manage your head and how to kind of work through it then you you have a much more exciting experience in life than if you were just you know scared of feeling hurt or scared of you know something bad happening for sure get a coach everybody everybody should have a coach I mean I really I really wish like I had just been assigned a life coach when I was given my infertility diagnosis they would have it would have saved me quite a bit of heartache and tears um through you know the years that it took me to get to motherhood yeah and I say the same thing too like in my pregnancies after a full-term stillbirth I just I said, I wish I would have had this, but I also think, you know, it happened exactly how it's supposed to. And in that journey and your journey and everyone listening, your journey has brought you where you are, you know, just where we're supposed to be. So I want to thank you so much for coming and talking to me and everybody and just tell us where we can find you. And I will also put stuff in the show notes. Great. Yeah. So um, thank you, Amy, so much for having me on the podcast. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, The best place to find me is at infertilitylifecoach.com. That's kind of my hub of the internet. Um, But I'm also pretty active on social media. So if you find me under the same handle on Instagram, I'm there pretty often. 
And um, I also wanted to offer to your community, I run a Facebook group for infertility support after pregnancy loss. And so people talk about, you know, the experience of being pregnant after having a loss, but there's all that experience of having to go back through infertility after a loss. And that, um, that was a space that I was in kind of after my mis miscarriage of just trying to figure out what in the world do I want to do? So I would invite anybody listening that might be having that experience to come join us over there. Okay. Awesome. And we'll, yeah, I'll put that link in the show notes too. If you know someone who would really benefit from this episode, I'd be so happy if you would share it. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating and a review. If you have a minute, it would mean so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.